1: Today we're going to be talking about something that has somehow um, not really gotten in the news enough. Uh, You know, of course, we've all heard about COVID, coronavirus, so it's coming out of our ears. But the question we're going to be looking at today is, is COVID going to the dogs, to the cats, or any other animals? In other words, can pets give us COVID? Uh, can we give them COVID? Can they catch it from us? And we're going to be talking about all kinds of other issues as COVID relates to animals, and that is, um, you know, our furry friends. We really should be thinking about them too. Now, um, you know, at the be- when when COVID first came and and. Uh, uh, e- even for quite a while, when I was doing interviews, I would tell people to adopt a pet as one of the things that they could do to help themselves psychologically to deal with lockdowns and just the coronavirus in general. And it has been amazing how many people have adopted pets. In fact, some uh, many uh, shelters have, um, at the time, at the beginning, many shelters have, were out of pets. You know, everybody came to adopt them, and and some of them even ran out of pets, if you could believe that. That's not quite the same today, and um, my guest is going to talk to us all about coronavirus and pets, Um, and her name is Jean Shapiroff. She is the ambassador of the American Humane Society. She's a philanthropist. She's a very busy lady because she raises millions of dollars. Uh, primarily for the American Humane Society, but also for the Southampton Animal Shelter and other charities as well. And she has uh, been talking, not sure you heard about this, um, but there was a, the first dog in America that was found to have the virus was a North Carolina pug. And she, when that happened, um, which was in April, she uh did a lot of talking about that. But, you know, then as far as, uh, as far as anybody telling us about what we should do in regard to our pets and coronavirus, that has been scarce. So, Jean, welcome to the show. And thank
2: you, Carol, for having me on the show. And just for the listeners, um, we're all dealing with the scare of the COVID-19 pandemic, and, of course, here. I live in New York, and so our governor has advised us to always wear a mask and then uh, to social distance and keep washing our hands. And so uh, we've been doing that, and we had a a long lockdown, and now we're in a situation where the numbers of COVID-19 in New York City and New York State are really, really low. But of course, like everyone else, we're worried whether or not we're going to have a second round of the COVID-19 virus in the fall or even sooner. Regarding pets, now I am a big animal lover and we have in our household five rescue dogs and then I have a cat which is um, not in the house because we have someone allergic but who's with a friend and because we all came together as a family during this pandemic and we're staying in one place, six adults and five dogs. But for those of you who are worried about your, your dog or your cat, I wouldn't worry very much. Here we have a situation in the United States and around the world where we have millions and millions of people who've come down with the virus, and we've only really heard about a few animals and Carol, if you give me a moment I'll tell you we the Bronx Zoo had eight or nine lions and tigers. There was someone working at the zoo who came down with the virus and then transmitted it to the lions and tigers. And then we've only seen less than a handful really of dogs and cats. And so and again, these cases are a little confusing because that's First dog in uh, Carolina, North Carolina, named Winston, a little pug. I've just heard recently that the diagnosis that was given to him of COVID 19 virus has been taken away. So we don't even know if he had it. But um, recently, we've maybe not everybody, but we've read about a case of a German Shepherd in New York State who came down with the virus. So here's what the Center for Disease Control, CDC, has advised all of us uh, pet owners, and this is what we're supposed to do with our animals. And this is to stop them from coming down with the virus. Number one, if we have to take our dogs out. They should be on a leash. Number two, we need to social distance our our dogs and pets from other people and other animals, and that means keeping... Uh, your dog leashed and six feet away from another person or another dog or a cat or another animal. And uh, number three, uh, right now is not a good time to take your dogs to a dog park. Of course, if your dog is outside and he's rolling around in the grass and he's dirty, well, before you bring him in to the house, you want to clean him off, but you would do that anyway. Regarding cats, The CDC is suggesting that we keep our cats inside. So here we're in a situation where there are very, very few dogs and cats who come down with the uh, virus. Well, can dogs or cats give this disease to humans? That's a big question everybody, I'm sure, is asking. The answer is there has not been one confirmed case where An animal has given this virus to a human being. So what does that mean? That means that we really shouldn't worry. Agree, Carol? What do you say? That's what we're reading right now, and I don't think we need to worry. Now, if you are someone who is suffering from COVID-19, you have the virus, well, you should social distance from your pet, and that means you should stay away from your pet until... Um, you get rid of the virus, and so that's what we know now. Now, will well, anything change let, let in the stop, future? I don't know. Stop. I
1: don't think let, so. Let me just ask you um, some questions about what you said so far. Sure. Um, first of all, to to uh, go back to what you were saying earlier on about the lions and tigers in the Bronx Zoo. So how do they think? So there was this zookeeper. Um, I mean. I can't imagine that a zookeeper would get very close to the lions and tigers. What do they think about that? How how do they think that it got transmitted? Well, they say a a worker had
2: the virus, and who knows, maybe when he was feeding them or... I don't know. We don't know the answer, but uh, this happened, and um, I would imagine a zookeeper who's taking care of the lions and tigers probably goes... Um, very near them, and and maybe he's even petting them. Who knows? Uh, but it <laughs> happened, and um, and um, so um, and that was very early on. Um, I think this was back mm-hmm. maybe in February or March. And um, but now the zoo is opened, and that situation seems to have been rectified, and um,
1: everything looks okay and, right and I now. I think there was there was another. Um, uh, I remember reading about or hearing about another zoo animal uh, in a different zoo um, that came down with it. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I can't really remember which zoo, but um, but anyhow, to get back to the when you were saying, if you're COVID, if you are COVID positive, if you're listening to this and you're COVID positive, or you know somebody who is, they that is the recommendation that they are supposed to um, stay away from their pet. So what do you suggest people do who turn out to be COVID positive? What are the options for what they can do with their pet? Well, just
2: the advice is if you're testing positive for COVID-19, you should stay in an enclosed area and away from other people, meaning if you're in a house with, say, three or four people, you probably, well, you must confine yourself to a separate room and stay there until you you are COVID-19 free. Yes. And you should I not guess, be I with your pet I, during that period. Yes. So someone else really has to take care of your pet so that, you know, give it to your pet. Again, there have only been a handful of dogs and cats in the United States who have come down with this disease. And statistically...
1: I'm sorry, it's almost insignificant. Is
2: it is significant in that a few have, but relative to the num, to the million or so Americans, human beings have come down with the disease. This is a very, very, very minute percentage of animals who've come down with the disease. And again, there's yes. not one case where an animal, or one confirmed case where an animal has given. The virus, the COVID nineteen virus, to a human being, and so what are we seeing across the United States? Well, wait, we are seeing a wait, drop wait, wait, wait. way wait,
1: wait. up. Yes. Wait, excuse me. Geez, just <laughs> me I just to go back to something I was asking you. I mean, yes, if you're in a house where there are several people um, and you're COVID positive, yes, of course you have to uh, quarantine. But I was thinking about the people who um, lived alone and they turned out to be COVID positive. I was asking about what options there are, like what can they do with their cat or dog? What would you suggest? Well, I think the first thing would be to have the
2: dog or cat tested to make sure that dog or cat doesn't have COVID-19. And the chances, again, of a dog or a cat coming down with the virus are very, very, very minimal. Um, But then you would probably try to find someone to take care of your dog or cat after you know that your dog or cat is okay, and or you would have to uh, bring the dog or cat to a shelter temporarily. We're not suggesting that you give up your pet. We're just suggesting that um, you, you stay away from your dog or cat if you live alone because you're not going to yeah. really be yeah. able to care for that animal. And again, I think it's really important to understand that with over a million people who've tested positive for the virus in the United States, there've only been a handful of dogs or cats who've, come, who've tested positive. And um, mm-hmm. so we're, we're not terribly concerned. Now, of course, the, the, these numbers are as of today, but we don't expect that changing because the virus has been around for quite a while.
1: Yes, if dogs and cats were gonna, if, if dogs and cats were going to get it um, easily, we would have been hearing a lot, about a lot more of them.
2: We would have been hearing of a lot more, and uh, there would have been a many, many more confirmed cases. But so far, I think right now in the United States, there's only been one confirmed case of a dog coming down with it, a few more cats, and then the eight or nine lions and tigers at the Bronx Zoo. So I'm not terribly concerned. And the positive is that across the United States, we've seen the number of adoptions way up at all the animal shelters. People are confined. If if they've had to quarantine and they're home alone or they're with their family, people seem to want the company of a dog or a cat. So, the number of pets being adopted has gone way up. We've had another problem, though, and that is that across the United States, um, we have thousands of animal shelters, and many of these shelters are short on funds during this pandemic, and that's because their source of revenue has dried up. And unfortunately, with so many millions and millions of Americans out of work right now. We've had a situation where um, people aren't donating to the same degree. So there are many, many shelters that are having a hard time feeding their animals. And as the national spokesperson for the American Humane Society's Feeding the Hungry program, I'm the national spokesperson. We have a program where our objective is to feed 1 million animals, 1 million hungry animals across the United States. We are on a mission to raise $1 million to help these animal shelters, these rescue centers that don't have the money to feed their pets. And so far, we've raised $550,000, which translates to 550,000 meals. And so I'm very, very proud of the work of the American Humane. This is an amazing charity. And um, people are asking me all the time, well, how can I help this program to make sure that but, the animals don't go hungry? And, um, and you can go on we our back, website, and, and the Jean, website Jean, is AmericanHumane.org, Jean. and you can make a
1: donation. I'm sorry to have to interrupt you right now. We have to take a break. We can talk more about that wonderful organization and, and uh Wonderful uh, goal. Um, when we come back, so my guest is Jean Shefferoff. She is the um, ambassador of the American Humane Society. We're talking today about coronavirus and pets, and we're going to talk more about uh, you know what the what has happened at the shelters and how you know why. Uh, at, all the the trends as the coronavirus has gone along it has affected shelters in various ways and uh, Jean will be telling you all about that. So stay tuned, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
3: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com
0: welcome back to dr carol's couch if you have a question or comment for dr carol dial toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now back to the show here's dr carol lieberman
1: and welcome back to dr carol's couch i'm your psychiatrist host dr carol lieberman talking today about coronavirus and animals, our furry friends. We can't forget about them. We need to at least know what the latest information is about whether they can give us COVID or we can give them COVID. And you've been listening to Jean Shapiroff, who knows about all of this because she's the ambassador of the American Humane Society. And in particular uh, of their program called Feeding the Hungry. Uh, whose goal is to feed a million hungry animals, and they're about halfway there. So she'll give you information about um, how you can find out more about that and where you can go to make a donation. Um, I wanted to ask you about, well, first of all, I wanted to ask you about um, your own story. Like, how is it that you, um, what is your Experience with animals. I mean, what um, did you have animals as a little girl? What made you devote so much of your time and energy to um, the Humane Society and protecting animals? Yes. Well,
2: growing up, we never had a pet, and when I look back, I'm I'm very sorry that my mom and dad didn't have a dog or a cat for us. And then when I was raising my two daughters, the same thing. We never had a dog or a cat and when I look back I realize how much love a pet would have brought into uh, the household and how did I get involved with the animals well my oldest daughter decided to adopt or rescue a chihuahua and she brought this little creature into the house many years ago and we all fell in love with... His name is Charlie. We all fell in love with Charlie. He had come from animal care and control, and he would have been euthanized. And then after that, my the youngest daughter decided uh, to adopt a Shiba Inu. And so then we had two pets, and it created a household of happiness. And gradually, we started bringing in more and more pets into the household, and right now we have five rescues. Many years ago, I would say about seven or eight, I was involved in the Hamptons as the chairwoman of the Southampton Hospitals Gala. And my daughters, they were in their 20s at the time, they encouraged me to get involved with the Southampton Animal Shelter. And they said, Mom, this is a great, great um, animal shelter. Why don't you help out their gala? And so I said, girls, I can't do anything now. I'm, I'm very, very entrenched in the work at the hospital, this big fundraiser. I said, but right after the gala, which was then the beginning of August, I said, I'll go to the shelter, I'll meet the players. And so I did that. I went to the Southampton Animal Shelter and I fell in love with the place. And from there on, I became very involved with um, the animal world by getting involved with Southampton Animal Shelter. I started fundraising for them, a volunteer fundraiser, and I did this by chairing their annual gala. And then they asked me to join their honorary board, and then they asked me to be their ambassador. And then the American Humane. I read up about them and I said, This is an amazing charity. They've been in existence since 1877. They're ranked four stars on Charity Navigator. That's the American Humane Society. They have programs for the animals. They have programs for our veterans. They help with animal advocacy. They make sure that animals are treated fairly when they're in Hollywood on movie sets. They have a big program for farm animals. And now they have this program called of Feeding the Hungry. I happen to be their national spokesperson for the program. I love, I don't like the program. I love the program because the program is designed to feed one million hungry animals across the United States. And anyone, any animal lover listening will, will agree with me, we can't let animals go hungry. And the pandemic right now has created a situation where many shelters And rescue centers in the United States are short on funds. And as I said earlier, they're short on funds because donations are down. And so American Humane is raising money to feed a million animals. And so far, right now, we've raised $550,000. We've fed 550,000 animals at 66 different shelters in 27 different states. And, Hmm. of course... If your listeners want to donate, the website is AmericanHumane.org. And remember, if you make a donation, you are going to be feeding a hungry animal, and that's a very important thing to do.
1: Yes, absolutely. So let's talk, that's, that's such an interesting story, how, um, how you didn't have, you know, pets growing up. and I mean, I would have thought maybe that that was why, you know, when I was a little girl, I really wanted a dog, and um, my parents didn't want to get me one because they said they're going to wind up taking care of the dog, (laughs) you know, that I'm not going to be the one taking care of it, and they didn't really have the time and so on, and um, so I did this thing to try to prove that I would take care of a dog. I got up super early in the morning, and I would go downstairs. We lived in an apartment. And I would go downstairs with a leash and stand in the front of the building, um, you know, as if uh, and put in like twenty minutes or so to to show them. You see, if I had a dog, I would be walking it now. Well, that's an adorable story. (laughs) It didn't really work, but when I. but I grew up and had my own apartment, and, and uh, we were living in Manhattan. I did get a dog. And, yes, my mother did end up taking care of it sometimes um, when I, you know, um, oh, for various reasons. But um, and I have a dog now, and I have two cats, two rescue cats. Um, and that's wonderful. And, yes, and don't you find they give is, you unconditional love? Oh, absolutely. I would never, you know, I would never be without and a, a dog or an animal or several of them. I mean, you know, that's another thing. People think dogs and cats can't be together in a house, and that's not true. It, depending upon how you introduce them and how uh, careful you are to give them all love and attention, you certainly can have dogs and cats Yes, so, and I think um, a lot, a lot of the shelters actually.
2: If you say you you have a dog at home and you want to adopt a cat, well, before they give you a cat or allow you to adopt a cat, they make sure that that you're adopting a cat that gets along with the dog, and they make they actually um, might want to meet your dog to make sure that your dog gets along with the cat that they're about to give out because that's very important and. Generally, it takes a little time for different animals, in a, in, you know, when you bring in a new a pet into the household, it takes a little time for them to get accustomed to one another. But just like human beings, the, our pets love to be with other pets. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. And as I mentioned earlier, we have five rescue dogs in our household, and they all get along. And it's, it's just wonderful to see the happiness that they have with one another and the happiness they bring into our household and so during this terrible pandemic that we're all going through, I think if you have a dog or a cat you're getting a little bit more love. And right now I think we all need a little bit more love and 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 so if you're I've always found that if you're good to a dog or a cat or a pet, that pet in return gives unconditional love back. And if you're thinking about adopting and you're wondering, well, should I do this? Well, here are a few things you should know. Uh, The first thing is that a dog or a cat is going to take some of your time. Uh, You can't just um, bring in an animal and ignore that animal. No, you have to give that Animal, some love and attention. And then, of course, you need uh, the money to feed that pet and then uh, to pay for some of the veterinarian, uh, veterinary ve- bills. And then um, if the dog or cat needs a little training, well, chances are you can probably do that on your own. But if you need some outside help, well, you might have to pay for that. And some shelters provide that. And then finally, if you're traveling a lot or if you're working very long hours out of the house, and most of us are not right now during this um, pandemic, well, you need to think about that because it might not be the right time to adopt if you're traveling all the time. You can't leave a dog or a cat alone for days. You you have to be home every day, so uh, you, you can go to work, of course, but... You need to, if it's a dog, that dog has to be walked. And if it's a cat, well, the cat needs to have some, um, um, the food out and needs some human contact. And so does the dog. But you'll mm-hmm. find that if you adopt, you'll, you'll really enjoy and you'll love that, that pet like you would love another family member. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing.
1: So, yes, absolutely. They snuggle with you and, and wag their tail. And, uh, yes, I I mean, I, I would never be without um, animals, um, especially for people, even for people who haven't had them before. Certainly during the pandemic, this is a time when they can be such, they can <laughs> help your mental health um, uh, invaluably. So, yes, but, I, I would like to... Um, ask you about uh, what is happening or what may happen in terms of all these people who adopted animals during the pandemic, and um, is there some concern about uh, them bringing the pets back when uh, either now, because they can't afford to care for them anymore, or after the pandemic is over and they're not going to be home very much, or they're going to be traveling for work, for example?
2: Yes, well, right now um, we are concerned about owner surrenders. And what's an owner surrender? That's when someone gives up a pet. And most people will do everything in their power to keep their pet. It's it's pretty unusual for people to um, bring a, a dog or a cat back to a shelter and that's because they fall in love with a dog or cat that they've adopted, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But in certain cases, people cannot, they don't have the time because the pandemic, say, assuming that this ends, and I'm praying that it ends sooner than later and that we don't have a second wave, but owners, um, if all of a sudden they get a job and they're they're forced to travel all the time, well... If they can't find a friend or a relative to take care of their dog or cat, they might have to bring that dog or cat back to the shelter. And then if someone can't afford the food, then uh, the pet food, then they may have to surrender the pet. But there are programs at shelters for people. Um, There are food pantries that do provide pet food. So before you think about Giving up a pet because you can't afford the food, um, and again, that's very, there aren't too many cases. Uh, Look to see if you could have some uh, food um, provided by either an animal shelter or even a food pantry. Some of the bigger food pantries have been providing pet food when they can. And um, so we are concerned about um, more. Uh, surrenders of pets, but we're also hopeful because we see that so many people become so attached to their pets. You know, there's an entire population of people that like pets more than they like people. So,
1: Mm -hmm. we are
2: hopeful, and again, with programs like the American Humanes, uh, Feeding the Hungry program, where um, we are giving animal shelter funds to buy pet food and Those shelters, in turn, are feeding their animals and then providing food uh, to people who may not be able to afford it. Um, People are able to keep their pets. And for anyone who wants to donate to the American Humane's Feeding the Hungry program, fabulous program, the website is AmericanHumane.org. And whether it be ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars or a million dollars, never feel that your donation doesn't count, because collectively, all these donations create change. And as a philanthropist, we can't rely on one or two very, very wealthy people. As a system, we all work together to raise money to create change. And all of us can be philanthropists by volunteering our time, our knowledge, and then our available resources. And so anyone, again, the the website for American Humane is AmericanHumane.org. And when you give to the Feeding the Hungry program, you are changing the life of an animal, you're enabling that animal to live on, and maybe you're enabling someone to keep their pet, which is a wonderful thing.
1: Ah, and that's the music for the for the break. Um, we do need to take another break, but when we come back, we'll be talking more about coronavirus and pets and, and uh, um, just, you know, things that, that really... <laughs> It goes beyond numbers that you see on the screen uh, in regard to, like on television news, how many people died today. This is uh, another aspect of coronavirus that's really important. And if you haven't adopted a pet yet, um, certainly, hopefully, this will make you think about it again. So my guest is Jean Shafferov, and she is the ambassador of the American Humane Society, and we will be right back. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey,
0: Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn.
1: It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's
4: Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, and we're talking today about is COVID going to the dogs or the cats, or are you going to the dogs or the cats or the animal shelter to adopt, adopt them? My guest is Jean Shapiroff. She is the ambassador of the American Humane Society and also the uh, leader of the, their program, Feeding the Hungry Animals. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, this, the American Humane Society is, has those commercials. Am I, I think, remembering that correctly? Um, these really, pull at your heartstrings commercials, right, of the dogs shivering in the cold? Is that the American Humane Society?
2: society? Well, you know, the animals, what we do is, um, our, our job is to take care of the animals, to take care of, of and to advocate on behalf of the farm animals to make sure that they're treated humanely. And then we are involved also with the animals in Hollywood and on the sets of movies to make sure that they're treated properly. And we have uh, programs for the war veterans where we match them up with uh, dogs, and especially those um, war veterans who are uh, coming back from places like um, the Middle East and um, who may be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder.
1: And mm-hmm. so that's
2: primarily the work we do. And now we're on a mission to feed all the hungry. Dogs and cats and animals at animal shelters across the United States, where um, these shelters are running out of funds because um, their donor base has dried up during this COVID 19 pandemic. And so we're on a mission. We're raising $1 million to feed 1 million animals. It's an exciting project. I am the national spokesperson. And we're doing the very best we can to help our furry friends and to help the shelters and the rescue centers that might be having a problem um, feeding the animals. So um, this is what we're doing right now, and we're very excited about this program, and uh, we expect that um, to be very successful. We've raised $550,000 so far fed 550,000 animals, and we're going to get up to a million. So um, we do some advertising, and the idea is to let everyone know that um, our work is to help the pets, to help people who are in need, and then, and then to provide
1: um, food for the hungry. Okay. Well, let's go back to something that you, we were talking about a little earlier, about the first um, dog in America to um, be diagnosed with the virus, with coronavirus. Um, Tell us about how that came about. Like how, since this was the first dog, how did they know to even suspect coronavirus? Yes, well, the dog, uh, his name was Winston. This was a pug in
2: North Carolina. And I think many of our uh, listeners may have read about um, this pug, Winston, and what happened was his owner was a an emergency room worker surrounded uh, by COVID-19 patients, and when the owner of this pug came down with COVID-19, he decided to go into a Duke University study and have his whole family tested. Now, his wife was a pediatrician, and they found that She tested positive, and then one of his three children, a son, tested positive, as well as Winston, the pug. Since that time, they have taken away the diagnosis from the dog, so that that dog no longer um, is a confirmed case of the COVID-19 virus. And so what that means is the dog never got it. Now, More recently, um, many of the uh, listeners may have heard about a German shepherd in upstate New York who came down with uh, the COVID-19 virus. Now, this particular case, again, it was a situation where the owner tested and had the COVID-19 virus and gave it to the German shepherd There was another dog in the household. That dog uh, did not have the virus or never came down with the virus. And um, as far as I know, I'm not sure about other family members, even if there were any family members. But with over 1 million people in the United States who've tested positive for the COVID-19 virus, there have only been a handful of dogs and cats who've come down with this virus. So the likelihood of a dog or a cat, getting the virus is next to nothing. And now there has not been one case where a dog or a cat or an animal has given the COVID-19 virus to a human being. So I'm hopeful. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about my animal's getting it, and if you want me to go over the c d c guidelines for pets again, I can do that but if 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 not i'm happy to move on
1: <laughs> well let let me just let me just ask something else. What about you know um with the lockdown for coronavirus, uh, there has been an increase in domestic violence, you know spouses or people in a relationship um, one spouse or one person in the relationship, one partner. Uh, being violent towards the other partner, and there's been an increase in child abuse as well because people are feeling frustrated. They're feeling pent up. they feel they they have lots of emotions, uh, fear, um, anger, and so on. They're taking it out. Some people are taking it out on the the people or the animals who are um, closest to them, locked up in the house. Wh- what do you know about? Uh, animal abuse has do you know whether statistics show that there has been an increase in animal abuse well hopefully there hasn't been and
2: i have not read anything about an increase in animal abuse and to all the listeners during this pandemic this is a time for all of us to have compassion towards one another, and this is not a time to take out anger on another human being or on an animal. We are all, every single one of us is in danger of coming down with this uh, COVID-19 virus, and so as a result, not one of us is unique in that um, we are special or we, we are maybe maybe our our front frontline ro- workers, yes, they're more exposed, but this is a time for compassion and kindness and and by by coming together and showing that compassion and that love we're going to we're going to fight this thing and because I truly believe that God wants us um to come together during this it's a time for families to bond and 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 to unite together and, and to show love. And so hopefully um, we are not seeing any more violence. I mean, if we are, it has to end, and we, we need people like you, Doctor, to speak about how important it is to be compassionate and loving towards other beings during uh, times of difficulty.
1: Uh, yes, I couldn't agree with you more. Um... Tell us about, we don't have much time left, but tell us about the five dogs that you rescued. Yes, well, in my
2: household, we are six people who've come together, and my husband and I have a rescue dog named Rosita. And my oldest, I'm sorry, my youngest daughter has a charity called Global Strays that she founded. And what does Global Strays do? Well, she... Um, sends money to animal rescue groups in Latin American countries where they don't have the ability to fundraise the way we do here. And so uh, we are sending money to animal rescue groups in Nicaragua, uh, the the Dominican Republic, and then Colombia. So on one of my uh, daughter's trips, it was a privately funded rescue mission to Antigua. Um, She visited with a shelter there and she was told that this dog was living under very bad conditions, Rosita, and that Rosita was living on a concrete slab and the owner wasn't very kind to her. And so my daughter saw the dog and decided uh, to have that dog and another dog uh, sent up to the United States and um, we in turn ended up adopting Rosie, and someone else adopted the other dog and normally Global Strays does not um, my daughter's charity does not bring animals from other countries into the United States it's very rare but uh, that's how we got the first dog and then my older daughter adopted two chihuahuas um, Charlie and Henry and uh, she's living with us during the pandemic and then my younger daughter has Daisy, a pit bull, that she also uh, rescued. And then my younger daughter's boyfriend has a rescue named Sherman. So we're all together. And it's a great thing. All rescues. They all get along. We love them. And it's fun.
1: It's interesting that. Um, and, and what kind of dog is Rosita? Rosita is a mixed breed, she's uh-huh. a beautiful dog. A very
2: well-behaved dog. Just, I, I think when you adopt a dog, they're grateful. When you adopt a cat, they're grateful. And people, yes. people don't think that the animals are grateful, but let me tell you, I think they realize that you're taking them out of a shelter, they're going to have a real home, and they never forget. And as a result, 99% of the rescues end up being great, great companion animals.
1: Yes, Um, that's so interesting that all these different uh, breeds of dogs are all uh, getting along together. Yes, well, I I don't think
2: a breed has anything to do with the personality or the temperament of a dog. And we see in our country, um, the pit bulls have gotten a really bad rap, but, you know, the saying goes, there are no bad dogs, only bad owners. And if you treat a dog or a cat with loving kindness, that dog or cat in return is going to give loving kindness. And of course, just the way you train a child to train an animal. And I don't believe in ever hitting a child. No, never, never. You never hit another human being. You never hurt another being. The same goes with a pet. You never, you don't need yeah.
1: to.
2: You know, yeah. you can just, you can and do a time out.
1: Yes. Well, let me give the... Um the website address again of the um, of the charity that you represent uh, the, for Feed the Hungry. It's well, you were saying that people should go to AmericanHumane.org. American That's Humane right. and H-E-M- it's the pro-
2: and feeding the hungry H-U-M- program.
1: And we're on a mission that to website. raise
2: one million dollars, feed one million animals. So far, we're a little over half our goal we're determined to get there. We're on a mission and we're going to raise that money so that we stop hunger at the shelters, at the rescue centers across the United States. Thank you so much for this interview and and to all the listeners out there, thank you for adopting, thank you for supporting the American Humane Society and Right now, God bless you all, and we're going to get through this pandemic because we are all in it together. If we social distance, we wear a mask, and we keep washing our hands, and we also watch our pets, there's going to be no problem at all. So thank you very much, Carol, for the interview. And.
1: Well, thank you. That's Jean Shafirov, again, the ambassador of the American Humane Society. And uh, we were talking off the air. I just want to make it clear there are – I don't want to give the the lasting impression that there are no more animals at the shelter to adopt at this very moment because um, what I was talking about was that there was a big push – A lot of people started adopting animals and, you know, some shelters at the time uh, ran out of animals, but there are more animals, (laughs) more animals where those came from. So if you, um, hopefully you, uh, this uh, show today has spurred you on to uh, think of adopting one. They are, they are, as I said, I have, uh, I I always have dogs and cats and they are just, uh, it does, as Jean was saying, they fill the house with love. So thank you, Jean, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you, Carol.
0: Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.